Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. This is episode 41. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Before we get started, just wanted to let you guys know that if you like to listen to books rather than read them, I mean, this day and age, who doesn't? Because you're a lazy fuck. Yep. Uh, there's a fancy little uh, f- product. No. Program? Ser- service? There you go. Service. Uh, out there called Audible. Uh, Get yourself serviced. <laughs> it's owned by Amazon, um, and it has basically the biggest collection of audiobooks you'll ever see. Um, and if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash graveplotpodcast, all one word, uh, you can get yourself a free audiobook. How about that? That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Can't be free. Yeah. I've talked about this before, but I've, I've uh, taken advantage of the fr- uh, free book before, and uh, it's pretty nice. Tony has taken advantage and gotten serviced. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so how's it going, Taylor? Sweaty. Yeah. It is hot in the city tonight. Hey, like that song. Yeah. Uh, Billy Idol. Yeah, I was going to... Never mind. <laughs> Wait, is it Billy Idol? Yes. Oh, I, I thought it was somebody who sounded like Billy Idol, but it wasn't actually him. Go me. All right. Hey. Every once in a while, I luck into one. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> um, what's new with you? Uh, not much. Got the uh, the woman's parents coming in tonight. Mm-hmm. So that's my 4th of July weekend, just spending it with them. Are they, they staying here? No. They got a... Uh, like a... Airbnb or something ah, okay. nearby. I was say, because this is, the place is a bit wee for four grown adults for however long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a lot for me. Sweet. I'm, I'm the boring one this time. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I win! Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything. <clears throat> no, nothing happened. Not even like tooth problems or no <laughs> not well I, I i still need to go and get my root canal finished like get it get the build up in the crown on it um but uh uh oh i told you before i'm having issues with my wisdom teeth mm, yeah 30 year old man with wisdom teeth of course you have yours too i do uh but mine like I still got my tonsils too me too actually um but the ones on top um they broke, like, like cracked and broke, and like pieces broke off uh, a long time ago. And uh, I don't know. I guess I just didn't really think about it much at the time. But now one of them is starting to give me a little bit of issue. Mm. Like I'm not in pain, but there's just like a nagging feeling coming from from the tooth. And uh, you know, fun for me is I was reading that kind of like the magical age when things suddenly when removing wisdom teeth suddenly becomes much more difficult is 30. Of course. So, you know, lucky me. Um, Good thing you waited. Yeah, because they become, like, they're, you know, like, especially if they've erupted, you know, they're, like, really planted in there. You know, the roots are fully developed, um, and they're just a real pain in the ass to get out. Like, you know, they sometimes have to, like, saw the tooth into pieces. Oh. To, to get them all extracted, and uh, you also ri- have a risk of nerve damage. 
which Jesus. I, I guess there's a very small percentage of it. Sounds like fucking hostile shit. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a really small percentage of it actually like um, happening, but in an even smaller chance of it uh, being a permanent thing. Like, I guess a lot of people that do have some nerve damage, um, it uh, eventually resolves itself over time. So that's a little comforting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just know the time when I need to have it done is fast approaching. Nearing, yeah, is nigh. Yeah, not looking forward to it at all. It's like root canal, that was a big hurdle for me to get over. I got my first one when I was, like, 19, 20. Um, and, uh, but just the horror stories I've heard from getting root canals or no, wisdom teeth removed. I mean, no one has ever like, yes, I get to go to the dentist. Well, sure. Yeah. I think dentists have like one of the highest suicide rates among like medical professionals or something like that. Nobody likes them. Yeah. Oh, um, but, uh. No, it, it 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 amazes me how many different kinds of dentists there are, and how you have to go to a different one for each thing. Yeah, like you know, you go to your regular dentist if you want to get you know a cleaning or an exam or uh, a filling um, or even like a crown. But to get a root canal, you have to go to an endodontist, uh, and to get your wisdom teeth removed, you have to go to a, a orthodontic surgeon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you want to get braces, you have to go to an orthodontist. And there's also, I know there's also a periodontist, which I think is a gum doctor. Could be. I don't, I'm not, I've, I've heard of it. I don't know what it is, though. Yeah, it's just all the fun things you find out when your mouth is fucked up. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really did it to myself. I had very poor dental hygiene in my 20s mm. just because I was kind of, you know, I was out on my own for the first time. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not brushing my teeth today. I'm a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, especially, you know, when, uh, you know, like I wasn't working or, or whatever and like didn't have a girlfriend. It's like, who the fuck am I trying to impress? <laughs> it's, I noticed it's harder to do stuff like brushing your teeth when you're not working because when you're working, you have this routine, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you get dressed, you go to work. Yeah. If you don't have the routine, you just wake up and sit on your ass and watch TV. Yeah. Yeah. You jerk off. You think, okay, yeah, I'll brush my teeth when I get dressed. But then you don't get dressed. <laughs> you don't get dressed, yeah. <laughs> so it just doesn't happen. You wear the same pair of dirty sweatpants <laughs> right. five days in a row. Yeah. Last time I was unemployed, it wasn't as long as it was the time before that. But, uh, like, I was determined to get dressed every single day <laughs> because I hated the feeling of sitting around in my pajamas all day. It made me feel unemployed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Um. So yeah, I guess that's all. Now you're caught up with Tony's dirty sweatpants and broken teeth. Yep. <laughs> you know it's funny because I in, in my in my youth I was always told that I had very strong teeth and I got that from my dad. My dad has always had really good teeth. I think he you know he's 55 years old and he only has I think a handful of fillings. Um, he yep. can pull a Mack truck with his teeth. Right. Um, my mom, on the other hand, has very bad teeth, and that runs in her family. Mm. Um, she, I mean, she had she had to have braces. Her teeth were all fucked up. Um, and she had to have a tooth removed because it didn't fit in her mouth. That guy's wearing a beanie. What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know. I'm wearing a black shirt and 
jeans, so. Yeah, but still. You're not wearing a beanie. I'm not wearing a beanie. Um, yeah, and my sister caught that, but me and my brother, we both got my dad's teeth, but now I feel like I'm starting to get my mom's teeth as I get older. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. I will. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for it other than, you know, just my poor treatment of my teeth. But it, for, like, the last, you know, five years or so, I've really upped my game on my <laughs> dental hygiene. so Or oral hygiene, whatever it is. Both. Sure. Uh, I guess it was just too little too late, though. Apparently. <laughs> I, have a, I have a cavity in every single one of my teeth except for my front, my forefront lower teeth. Wow! Every other tooth has a cavity. That's in impressive. It. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I've got probably uh, a few thousand dollars worth of uh, dental work just waiting to happen. It's pretty sweet. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, you're you you're rich, so it's, it's yeah. a big deal. But I got all kinds of money. <laughs> got all that podcast money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did we mention Audible? Audible. <laughs> <laughs> Um. No, I just this re- last root canal I got. I maxed out my insurance. I believe it, and I still had to pay like five hundred dollars. I've actually been putting dental work off because I'm worried about maxing out my insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you can't get a good dental insurance, but we're getting so like distracted here. But you, there's good dental plans; they just don't exist anymore. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> <laughs> Simpsons. Yeah, you, you don't remember that? I remember Lisa having braces, but... And, like, Homer had to pick the dental plan or something, and he just had these twin voices in his head. It was Marge and Lenny, and it was just, Dental plan! Lisa needs braces! Dental plan! <laughs> right. Uh, fuck. Um, anyway. Anyways. Should we get to horror business? Yeah, I guess We've so. We've been futzing around for way too long here. Uh, Alright, let's talk about horror business then. preface horror business by saying that we are recording this on thursday uh july 2nd yes yes um just in case anything big breaks and you're wondering why we're not talking about it yeah we normally record on saturdays but we are recording early so yeah to accommodate taylor yeah all right um so fans of old school video games hi yep uh we'll uh maybe like to hear this i'm intrigued i don't i don't know if i can say i'm excited yet yeah i guess it really depends on what your position on um adaptations is. yeah well i'm interested to see what direction they go with it yeah um the 19 yeah, 1986 arcade game rampage is being made into a movie <laughs> it's going to be starring dwayne the rock johnson because it's a movie. Yes. He's <laughs> and becoming, he's in all of them now. He's becoming the new Sam Jackson. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's uh, being written by uh, Ryan Engel, or Engel, um, nonstop. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is, but it was the only credit to yep. his name. All right. Um, no director attached yet, um, but it's being produced by Bo Flynn, who was uh, the man behind San Andreas, um, under the New Line label. Who also did San Andreas. Correct. So it's a little San Andreas family reunion. Right. 
what with the rock and right. such. Um, uh, it's set to start filming uh, next summer with a 2017 release. Uh, the plot's being kept pretty well under wraps, uh, but I mean, if you're familiar with the game at all, uh, George, who was basically a King Kong ripoff, but not King Kong. No, for licensing <laughs> he purposes. He was George. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lizzie, who is uh, basically a Godzilla knockoff, but not Godzilla. Right. <laughs> and Ralph, who was just a big giant wolf. Right. But not a wolf man. No. <laughs> um, there was no real... They were humans, though, weren't they? Yeah, they were humans that transformed. Right. Is there any explanation behind that, or they just did? I'm sure there was, but I don't really remember right now what it was. Okay. Um... Yeah, and The Rock's going to be playing, obviously, the protagonist. Um, well, that's not set in stone. That's the rumors that he'll play the protagonist. I mean, he could play George, for all we know. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, um, well, presumably, he's playing the protagonist. Uh, and the one that's going to be trying to stop the three monsters. They were experimented on at Scum Labs. That's what it was. George is a middle-aged man, uh, Lizzie is a young woman, and Ralph is an elderly man. Got it. doesn't say what, why they were being experimented on, but that's what it was. Because science. <clears throat> and the point of the game, for those of you who are too young and don't know the game, uh, you played as the monsters, and the point was just to raise entire cities. Yeah, that's with the Z. Right. It, you don't, you're not building cities. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the opposite. You're taking them down. Yeah, you climb up the buildings and you beat them down. Yeah, and you could like grab people out of the buildings and eat them. You could punch helicopters out of the sky and like it was King awesome. Kong. Yeah, but not King Kong. But not King Kong. <laughs> um, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean there were several. Uh, I mean there were sequels and remakes. I guess might be the term. I know there yeah, was for pretty, like the later systems. Yeah, I think there was a pretty popular one on like Nintendo 64 or something Is like there? that. Um, I played it at Barcade. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing it at uh, Godfather's Pizza a lot. Fucking Godfather's, man. When that was a thing. But actually, still, like, the town I live in, it's it's actually still there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, look out for that. <clears throat> um, as more news comes about, we'll let you know. I'm sure it's going to be CGI heavy. Oh, no doubt. But I don't know. Could be cool. <laughs> oh, could be cool. So on some somewhat surprising news. Very surprising. Uh, NBC has decided not to continue Hannibal. It's currently in season three, and as soon as that season ends, that's going to be it, at least as far as NBC is concerned. Uh, that's going to end in September. No official reason has been given, but low ratings are a likely cause. Uh, this, again, goes to our conversations about Constantine. Most of the people I know watch Hannibal on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, is it on Hulu? I think it's on Hulu. Once the NBC shows, you have to assume it is. Yeah. Um, 
like I kept reading that yeah, Hannibal just had like despite having a very strong fan base, uh, it's not a very big fan base, um, and the ratings, especially in season three, have just been like abysmally low. So well, uh, creator Brian Fuller said in a statement. <clears throat> NBC Entertainment exec Jen Salk and her team have been fantastic partners and creatively supportive beyond measure. Hannibal is finishing his last course at NBC's table this summer, but a hungry cannibal can always dine again. And personally, I look forward to my next meal with NBC. What a, what a stupid statement. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just so cheesy. He had a... I, that, that's just like... Well, that, that's just an, like an excerpt out of this big, long statement that he released. Um... But yeah, like all the the cannibal references, those are a little cheesy. Yeah. Uh, there's still hope that maybe someone else will pick up the show. Apparently, Netflix was interested, uh, according to Fuller in an interview with Deadline. Netflix has been great in expressing their enthusiasm for the show, but it's just not feasible for them to pick it up. The deal with Amazon, I believe, precludes other streaming services, so that would give Netflix what they need. That wouldn't give Netflix what they need as a distributor in terms of first rights, etc. So they have a deal with Amazon for exclusive. Well, maybe not exclusive, but no, um, it's exclusive. Oh, it is exclusive streaming rights. Yeah. Okay, so which seems so I guess odd. it's not on Hulu, huh? It can't be on Hulu then. I thought the Good new point. episodes were on Hulu. It could be uh, like maybe the older seasons are only on Amazon. Right. That's why I don't think this is exclusive with Amazon. But Amazon gets like first rights. It could be. I, I guess I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. I, never, I, I, I don't watch the show. I mean, I know you've watched it. I've seen, yeah, I think I've seen the first season and a little bit of, of season two. Yeah. Are you still? I'm not caught up. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so maybe Amazon will pick it up. Uh, they, you know, they're starting to get into exclusive content. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it's like, in order to have Amazon, you have to pay for Prime. Right. And, you know... $99 for a year it doesn't seem like that much but to just drop $99 it, it, like in one fell, fell swoop that's a lot of money yeah. that's the main reason I haven't gotten Prime um, just because it's like well that's $99 I don't have right now I mean they should let you do this should be like you know $99 for a year if you pay all at once or you know $10 a month or something sure yeah um or they shouldn't. You should be able to get the instant video without getting Prime. At, at like a lower cost, you mean? Or maybe even this, well, like a monthly, maybe the same overall price, but a monthly thing. Yeah. So you don't have to have Prime in order to have instant video. Right. Um. But I mean, I think that's why ultimately why Amazon might be having like a harder time competing with Netflix and Hulu. Well, yeah, because they have monthly terms as opposed to Amazon where you have to do it on people a- don't look at $99 a year as X amount a month they look at it as $99 yeah exactly whereas right. if you say $10 a month they go $10 oh this is better right yeah I, I know that even though I only paid the $99 once the $10 or $15 or whatever it is I spend on Netflix is a much less substantial blow to my paycheck yeah. Than ninety nine dollars. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's like we said. I mean, it's very shocking that this were to happen. Um, this is. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I know we said it has low ratings, but it's really popular. Yeah, I mean, it sure didn't come across that way. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a very popular show. Everybody fucking talks about it. Mm-hmm. All the genre, all the um, genre sites, they go apeshit over the show. Yeah, like when we were at Crypticon, you know, multiple people in panels talked about it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really shocking, and I'm still a little confused by it, but whatever. I mean, NBC, they're really kind of showing how how much of a just tyrant they are. I mean, well, maybe not tyrant, but just they kind of rule with an iron fist. They don't, they're not going to fuck with any shows that aren't making them money. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you mentioned Constantine earlier, kind of the same deal. Constantine had a very loyal fan base, had the potential to really excel um, if they would have just given it that opportunity. But no, it's like, well, you're not making us money now and we're not going to put more money into, you know, if we're just going to be losing it on you. So, and I got to assume that was the same case with this, so. Anyway. Oh, well, here's hoping somebody else picks it up and can continue on carrying the torch. Yeah, I mean, for such a popular show, I'd, I'd, even though I haven't watched it, I'd like to see it continue. Yeah. More horror on TV is always good. Yes. Speaking of cancellations, in a matter of speaking, um, Bob Weinstein, who is obviously the head of the Weinstein Corporate or Weinstein Company, uh, and fuck Miramax, Dimension Films, all those subsidiaries, <clears throat> um, he announced that there will be no more Scream movies. Scream Four, which came out two years ago, last year. I don't know. Mm. Well, whatever year came out, it's the last one. Don't expect any further sequels for this foreseeable future. 2011. Really? Yep. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, don't expect any sequels to Scream for the foreseeable future. Um, Weinstein uh, said in an interview with the Wall Street Journal that it's like putting an art house movie... Uh, in an art house theater where the teen where the teens reside is MTV uh, basically implying that the series is the future the TV series is the future of the Scream franchise what year does he think this is <laughs> well I mean are teens really watching MTV still yeah I mean well I don't know if necessarily teens maybe people in like their early 20s but I mean you've got shows like fucking Teen Mom people actually watch that surprisingly uh, Catfish uh, is really popular I do watch Catfish I, I, I watch it when my wife puts it on um, my wife <laughs> my wife <laughs> um, what else uh, <clears throat> is Jersey Shore still a thing no thank god um, uh, Teen Wolf uh, and and now scream. So I mean, there's still obviously MTV doesn't do music anymore, but there's still a lot of TV shows that 
people watched. To right, I thought MTV was just a giant joke now. I didn't realize that people still actually watched it. Well, it kind of is a giant joke, but, you know, people are laughing at it. So. Okay. <laughs> it could be two things. Um, but yeah, Scream 4 uh, drew in less than $20 million in the box office, uh, which was substantially less than the previous sequels. Uh, I believe Scream 3 brought in uh, about $30 million, which is still low, but obviously $10 million less is very low. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. If you're you know into the Scream movie series, then you're going to have to live sorry, in the past. Sorry, Eric England. <laughs> um, apparently, he's got a friend that's involved with the show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw something he posted on Facebook. Maybe he'll direct an episode. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, MTV Scream centers around a YouTube video. Uh, which uh, did you watch? Did you watch Scream? No. Ah, I I watched it last night. No one's impressed, huh? No one's impressed. I felt I had to as the host of a horror podcast. <laughs> I don't do what people think I have to do. I'm my own man. You know, like bathe. <laughs> <laughs> Put on fresh underwear. At least I brush my teeth. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched it last night. Wasn't terribly impressed with it. Shocker. I mean, not a lot happened. Some I mean, guy in a blowjob mask just yeah ran around. Yeah, I mean it was it was really by the numbers. I mean it it kind of repeated the first movie with different characters. I heard that that was going to be the plan. There was going to be, like, homages, for lack of a better word, to the movies. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, the main girl, which is, you know, basically the Nev Campbell character. Except, you know, there are... Well, I guess they were in high school in the original, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, she's still... She's, like, part of, like, the in-crowd, but she's the, uh, kind of the, the pretty, nerdy girl... Or pretty smart girl, um, and there's actually a guy that plays someone very similar to Jamie Kennedy's character, the guy that's very into horror, and he points out all the. Uh, that's kind of a staple of Scream. Sure, yeah, um, but it was really blatant. I, of course, I, I don't know that there's a way to not be blatant with that something like that, but true. Um, and you know, there's there's the. Like I said, like the, the the main girl is kind of her click, uh, and it, uh, it's just very generic. I mean, very generic teenage teenage high school drama thriller type thing. Mm. Um, Doesn't surprise me. I, I you know they talk about this uh, YouTube video. Uh, as far as I could tell, it had very little to do with the plot. Oh really? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why it's mentioned. <laughs> um, I mean, aside from maybe because you, you don't know who the killer is, although the end of the first episode kind of leads you to believe this one guy is the killer, but it might be kind of a red herring. I mean, I assume it probably is. Um, but I guess this video maybe just plays to give the girl in the video motive to be the killer hmm. I don't know but it's it's basically just a bunch of rich white white kids 
Um, and that, that's, that's it. All right. R- rich white kids getting killed. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. I, I guess not. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe watch it one more time. Hmm. But uh, maybe I'll give it a chance if I'm bored. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Anyway, so yeah, uh, no more screen movies. Deal with it. And apparently, Ty West is going to be directing an episode. Yes. How is Ty West going to make something that's only half an hour long? <laughs> Ty West needs an hour and a half of build up. Right. Maybe he uh, will direct the uh, four episodes season finale. He'll direct four episodes, and the first three will be incredibly slow. Right. <laughs> So, uh, in a little story of art imitating life and truth being stranger than fiction... This should have been first. It should have. It's kind of real-world horror. Yeah. We haven't done real-world horror in a really long time. It's true. Kind of became a staple. Yeah. We just didn't really do it. We should make real-world horror its own separate little section. And we should lead it in with true story. <laughs> what? From the from real world. This is a true story. True story. About eight strangers picked to live in a house. I don't remember that. Have you never watched Real World? I've watched Real World. It was the guy who wanted to be a country singer or something. I don't remember which season it was, but oh. so he he did that. Okay, that was his, that was his country singing. Well, nobody gives a shit about that guy. He's probably dead now. <laughs> <laughs> um, in New Jersey New Jersey which is the worst place on earth um, so these people are actually better off now because they had to move but a family moved in to a 1.6 million dollar home those exist in New Jersey I mean it's like you know the size of this apartment probably but <laughs> actually no in New Jersey you could probably get a fucking castle for a 1.6 million dollars you know, I've 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 been to like on our honeymoon we stayed in Newark. Which, Good God, and you survived to tell the story? Yeah, we even walked places. Holy shit. Yeah. You see you didn't go to Trenton. No. You you specifically told us to stay out of Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, we stayed in Newark and uh then we drove to um Red Bank. Uh it was not a bad drive once we got out of the the city and you know, away from all the porn shops <laughs> and strip clubs. There are a lot of those. Yeah. My God. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this New Jersey family, they move into this home, and they immediately start getting letters from someone calling themselves The Watcher. And he's some of the letters I will recite to you now. Oh, good. <laughs> All of the windows and doors allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know so I can plan better. What the fuck? <laughs> I just imagine reading that and be like, uh... Honey? <laughs> 
the house cries for the past and what used to be in, in the time when I roamed its halls, when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. You don't want to make the house unhappy. Have you found all the secrets it holds? Why are you here? I will find out. Did you fill the house with the young blood I requested? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. Will the young bloods play in the basement? Have they found out what's in the walls yet? What? I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. (laughs) All these letters were signed by the Watcher. It's Sting. (laughs) I get it. Because he made the song. Because every move you make, he'll be watching you. Right. Well, and coming out of this story, turns out, of course, everybody wants to make a movie of it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Including James Wan, naturally, uh, and Brian Bertino, the writer of The Strangers, as well as New Line, Universal, Dimension, and of course, Tommy Blum. Mr. Tommy Bloom. Uh, you know, James Wan, he's kind of the least surprising because he likes to make shitty movies about people in weird houses. If James Wan makes this movie, it's there's there's going to be some kind of monster or ghost that's going to be writing these letters. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. When I first heard that... These, you know, the the rights to this story were being optioned. I, th- like, my initial thought was like, oh, that could be cool. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, that's just going to be a bad movie. It has potential, but it also has potential to be really, really bad. Yeah, it depends on how they do it, what direction they go. Yeah. I mean, if they try to make it supernatural, that's going to be stupid. Yeah, uh, this should definitely be. I mean, dis- despite the fact that I don't care for them, this should definitely be more of a home invasion movie. Right. I think it would fit better overall. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see, I, I guess. Either. Um, yeah, um, no, nobody seems to be in the lead at this point. It's still just kind of a bidding war. Um, who? I mean, who are they? Who are they throwing these to? The family? I assume so. Which kind of makes me wonder what's going on there. Like, are they just in it for the money? Just get that money. They, they, they make this whole shit up. Um. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> So, the only shining star, the only breath of fresh air, the only saving grace behind this whole Ghostbusters fuck-up was that Channing Tatum and I believe it was Chris Pratt were rumored to be talking to Sony about doing uh, a sort of reboot of Ghostbusters with an all male cast, well, all male Ghostbusters. Like Gary Glenn Ross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
more like Glenn drops his balls into Gary's eager Your mouth. Eager mouth. <laughs> I was trying to remember the lines. <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, all male Ghostbusters in the universe of this Paul Feig remake reboot, whatever the fuck it is. So, how would that work? Like, would they be like somewhere else? Like in like L.A. or something, Could like be. Ghostbusters franchises. I think I think that was like what was what what they're getting at was it was kind of like a franchised business, and there were bo- Ghostbusters in you know other cities. Um, I mean, if they did that, then think of all the diversity that Paul Feig could have. He could have an all black Ghostbusters and an all Mexican Ghostbusters, and just, so just, much diversity. Just stop. <laughs> I can't. My heart can't take it. Do Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Diversity by having all black Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's not diversity. It's uh, exclusion. Yeah. Um, That's the joke. Yes. Very good, Taylor. <laughs> um, God, you make me have to explain it to you. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, back when the Sony leaks, email leaks came out, one of them was that Channing Tatum was trying to talk Sony into creating this all-male new Ghostbusters. And it sounded like he was really excited about it, and uh, from what I was reading in the emails, it sounded like it had the potential to be pretty good, as long as Paul Feig's stayed way the fuck away from it. Um, well, he would, because there's not enough women in it. And, you know, Melissa McCarthy isn't there. Uh, unless she would be. They would cross over at some yeah. point. Um, Avenger style. Yeah, but uh, apparently that is not happening. Um, in an interview with uh, Screen Rant, uh, Channing Tatum said, uh, we're not doing that anymore. No, I don't think so. It's too complicated. There's a lot of things going on with that brand, and I just feel like it's oversaturated, which I agree with. Um, This fucking Paul Feig abortion just ruined the whole thing. Uh, I mean, this movie is going to suck. Even if people see it, which I'm sure there will, because there are a lot of Melissa McCarthy fans out there. I know. Both of our significant others are itching to go see it. Maybe. Maybe, maybe yours. I know mine is. I could have sworn that uh, your wife said that she was interested in seeing it. She she likes Melissa McCarthy. Like She's a big fan of her, which irritates me. Um, which is a point of contention in our marriage. <laughs> um, we, we had to see a counselor before we got married. Um <laughs> But uh, I, I don't s- honestly. I, I don't see there being a sequel. I don't. Is I don't Paul Feig's one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, even if it makes, even if it makes its bones, you know, uh, you know, covers its um, budget. Budget. Thank you. Uh, and you know, makes a profit. I just don't think it's going to be popular enough for people to want a sequel. Um, and that being the case, it's going to be another Nightmare on Elm Street to where the first movie 
wasn't worth making, and so they basically destroyed the franchise. Yeah, and it's possible. You know, I, I've read a lot of people online saying, "Oh, well, it's like you know, people they can't get away from the nostalgia, and you know these these are completely they can't accept these are completely different movies, and the, this won't affect the original franchise." And it's like that's partially true, but another part is like, yeah, it will because it has the Ghostbusters name on it. And, and, you know, any hope of there being uh, a good reboot at some point um, is basically dead. Because if they make this one and it sucks and they don't make a re- or make a sequel, then it's done. Well, unless they go the Spider-Man route. <laughs> sure. Just reboot it every five years. Which I guess, you know, that's, that's Sony. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um so I, I guess that's possible. Um, is Dan Aykroyd still involved in this? Do you know? Uh, last I heard, yeah, he's still an executive producer or something. God. And Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Those fuckers. I mean, Reitman basically said, yeah, you can keep my name on there for X amount of dollars. Sure. I mean, that's what He's it, not involved anymore. That's what an he's, EP he's, is. I mean. I, I mean, I get the feeling that Aykroyd is still kind of like pitching ideas and whatnot. But I think Reitman is just like, yeah, whatever. Aykroyd's trying to get a payday. I mean, don't have any misillusions about that. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, it, this is disappointing because there was a chance that there could potentially be an actual funny Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, but, no. And now I'm sad. Bad Seed is coming back yet again. I just used Seed and Coming in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't know the Bad Seed, I guarantee you've seen this little girl before. She's just kind of one of those staples of horror imagery. She looks like, like the evil twin of Wendy from Wendy's. <laughs> She's, you know, got the pigtails and I don't know, if you look it up, I guarantee you recognize her. But The Bad Seed was originally a 1954 novel written by William March. It was then adapted into a Broadway play that same year. Then it made into a movie in 1956, which was then remade in 1985, and is now being remade again for a lifetime. Yay! <laughs> lifetime getting into the horror business. Yeah. Uh... I mean, they did lose um, Damien. Right. But it was, I mean, it was strange that they were going to do that in the first place. Right. Um, so, yeah, just a little out of character for them. Yeah. And here's a thing that's happening uh, this is being written by Barbara Marshall, yeah. who is the writer of both Princess Diaries movies. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Why? Yeah, I mean, those were scary, but for different reasons. You know, when you hear things like this, it makes you wonder how that happened. Yeah. It's like, did she approach them? Or I, did I they no just idea. say, you know what? 
We got, I love those Princess Diaries movies. <laughs> we got to get Barbara Marshall in here. I really don't know. It sounds like it's probably the latter. That would be my guess. So but I don't know. Maybe she really loved this movie growing up, and she's like, I want to do my spin on it. My turn. <laughs> Me. <laughs> okay. I, well, I don't know. Uh, but it's Mark Wolper will produce, and he is the producer of Bates Motel. Wolp? Wolp. That's what he does. Because he's, he's a Wolper. Yeah. <laughs> that's how he got the name. Wolp. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something. That's a thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know how much a producer really influences a show. Uh, well, I mean, if he's like kind of like the showrunner, too. Yeah. Then, but I don't. I don't think he is. Well, I mean, a producer has a lot of say over, you know, everything. I mean, like he helps out. You know, he, he helps out the financing, which really puts an influence on the on the film. Sure. Uh, you know, he's very. I mean, I'm mean, speaking in generalities here. Uh, he's very vocal in the director, the writer, the the cast. So, I mean, depending on what level of producer he is then you know his he he has a lot of sway all right well i mean maybe he can have the same success with this that he had with bates motel then perhaps uh for those who are not familiar with the bad seed it is about kate a successful working wife and mother always seeking to give the best life to her daughter she is confronted with one problem she can't overcome her daughter is a relentless murdering sociopath whose viciousness is matched only by her brilliance Will Kate be able to learn the truth before it's too late? Probably. <laughs> you know, I hate when kids are like that. Yeah. <laughs> when they're relentless murdering sociopaths. Yeah. Well, that's the worst. Yeah. And there's no stopping them, and they're so goddamn sneaky. But they're so cute. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes they just have that look in their eye. The look of love. No. No, not that one? Not not that one. The look of relentless murdering sociopaths? That's the one. Ah, uh, yes. It's a very slight difference between the two. Right. So what do you think? Are you interested in this at all? Not really. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. But it's happening, so deal with it. Very exciting news. You know what else is happening? If it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rumors are floating about that Beetlejuice 2 is going to start filming this year. Uh, don't know exactly when this year. Rand Paul, it's happening, not Jeff. Hey. Um, but uh, Seth Graham Smith, who is... God damn it. We talked about this before. What's he doing? Is he... With this? Is he directing? I believe he's writing. No, yeah, Tim Burton would be directing. Yeah, writing or EPing? I believe he's writing. Okay. Um, uh, yes, interview with Entertainment Weekly. He said, uh, I've emailed with Michael Keaton. I know he's excited about the idea. Uh, you want to say, uh, I know Tim is excited about the idea. He keeps saying the idea. Yeah. Which makes me think that all these people that have been, like... Like, they're saying that they're on board, that none of them are actually on board. Yeah, are, are contracts signed? Yeah. Yeah, once you put ink on paper, then 
I'll be a little more convinced. Right now, you're I feel like you're blowing smoke. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he said, uh, I know Tim is excited about the idea. Where it stands now is Tim. Tim's got to get ready to make uh, Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children. Uh, and then hopefully we are set. Deals are done. And okay, that's 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 a little comforting. No, wait, is he saying deals are done or is he saying then hopefully we're set and deals will be done? I don't know. Uh, let's see. So th- then hopefully we are set. Deals are done. And we're waiting in the wings ready to go right after Peregrine's wrapped up wrap up um, the ideal timeline is we're really getting into it toward the end of this year so I mean that's something yeah but that's still an ideal that's a best case scenario yeah I mean let's take it with a grain of salt right right now um, uh, Tim uh, was doing press for big eyes right before the holiday and was getting big eyes was like two years ago wasn't it yeah I think so this is old news then. Or whatever. Uh, Tim was doing press for Big Eyes right before the holiday and was getting ready, f- uh, was getting the Beetlejuice question and sort of tipped people off that, excuse me, uh, lost my place, uh, that Winona Ryder would be back, uh, which, yes, she will be back. Uh, That's pretty definitive. Right. I uh, said, so I think. Uh, I think we landed on the right idea, landed on the right approach. It's just now making sure that, for me, I don't want to shit my pants in front of the entire world making a sequel to one of my favorite movies. You don't want to shit your pants in front of the entire world. No, you don't. That's definitely uh, not something you want to do. I, I, I like that. I mean, you get so many guys nowadays that are just like really cavalier um, about, you know, kind of these, you know, these awesome movies that, you know, everybody loves. And they just think they just go in there thinking, oh well, yeah, I, I can do it, no big deal, right? Like he sounds like he's like a genuine fan and doesn't want to fuck it up, and he's being very cautious that he doesn't fuck it up. So well, I mean, also when you, when you've got Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Wayne Owen Writer all involved, that's you know you don't want to have them involved in a, a sequel that ruins the franchise. Yeah, exactly. That, that puts more pressure on you to, to make it right. Right. Um, he says, uh, there's a script now, and I think we're closer to what it could be, and I'm excited about it. Um, which, that's, that's actually a Tim Burton quote. Yes. I was getting there. Thank you. Uh, he uh, told that to Yahoo Movies. Uh, I wouldn't call it so much a sequel. Confusing. But it'll have some characters from the original Beetlejuice. It's a bit too early to say, but it's definitely something that's on my radar. Radiar, uh, and the fuck is our radar <laughs> on my radar, and something I love to do. So, see that makes me think that he is not signed up and has not agreed to anything. Yeah, and something he, I'd love to do. Yeah. Hmm. So, and if it's not a sequel, what the hell is it? Yeah, I, uh, reimagining. <laughs> All right. A sequel? <clears throat> well, I can tell you what it's not. <laughs> it is not the sequel that almost happened. Oh, God. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. That sounds like a fucking bad TV movie. It really does. But this, honest to God, almost happened. Um, 
the story would have followed the Dietz family moving to Hawaii, where Charles is developing a resort. They would soon discover that his company is building on the burial ground of an ancient Hawaiian kahuna. Sounds so bad. <laughs> I don't know where Beetlejuice comes into that, but... I, I don't know. Um, but uh, it, it makes me wonder how that even got any steam. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So yeah, let's hope they come up with something better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if things actually start happening this year, then we might be hearing more news coming up here in the in the near future. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll keep you informed. So, a Suspiria remake is in the works again. This sounded very familiar. I wasn't sh- I wasn't sure why, but okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pineapple Express director David Gordon Green. Hold on. What? <laughs> That's right. Pineapple Express, the Seth Rogen movie, the Danny McBride movie. And the director's writing it. The director is writing a remake of Suspiria. All right. Uh, he previously tried and failed. <laughs> And he said recently, that would have been the shit. I wrote it with my sound designer. So you've got a director and a sound designer writing a script. Because why not? Uh, Green continued, I love Argento's film, and we wrote a very faithful, extremely elegant opera, basically of Suspiria. I don't mean musical opera, but it would be incredibly heightened music and heightened and very operatic and elegant sets. Isabel Huppert was going to be in it, and Janet McTeer. We had an amazing cast of elegance and prestige that we were in- engineering for it. Okay. That's a very pretentious quote, in my <laughs> opinion. But uh, but at the heart of it, I wanted it to be a horror film. And a horror movie, at the time when we were modeling that movie, meant you're making Saw and Paranormal Activity. You were making these down and dirty, very gory, very economical movies. I get that. Yeah. Although Paranormal Activity was not gory. but mm, well, It had its moments, but... Well, maybe not the first one, but I think right. the sequels did. Okay, yeah. Um, so the economic model for a horror movie was not where I wanted to be to make a $20 million elegant movie from a guy who was an unproven horror director, you know? But he then went on to say, I'm actually hopeful that it's happening. Um, uh, he said this to Crave Online podcast hosts William Bibiani and Whitney Siebold. Uh, he continued with a great Italian director that I had breakfast with last week. Oh, good. So he's hopeful that it's moving forward with some Italian director that he didn't name. Right. Um, you may remember a few episodes back, we talked about a Suspiria TV show in the works with Dario Argento actually being involved. That had nothing to do with Suspiria. Or like, yeah, the story was completely different. Yeah. Okay. Now I remember. Um, no idea what impact this would have on that. Probably very little, considering the TV show sounded like it was nothing like the movie. No, but they're both called Suspiria, so... Well, yeah, but so was Friday, Friday the 13th. The series was... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, I don't know. This doesn't sound too helpful. Too hopeful. Um, and I... 
I don't know. I guess if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. But I, I suppose. I mean, if you got nothing else going on, you might as well, <laughs> might as well keep trying. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see if anything happens with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, remains. Um, been talking about uh, Mortal Kombat 10 or X uh, for a while. Well, I guess not recently, but I have talked about it. Um, and the two package or the two packages that were coming out for the game were um, the uh, shit. I forget what the there was a, a package of, of skins and characters for um, the game that came out initially, and it featured Jason. That came out. Was it uh, called the horror pack? It, it may have been, yeah. The, it basically had the character, Jason Voorhees, and it had skins for uh, Ermac was a mummy, um, Shinnok was a vampire, or no, sorry, Shinnok was something. No. This is going well. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know me. Uh, Molina was a vampire, that's what it was, or a vampire's. Uh, anyways, but there's a new package coming out with uh, Predator. Um, it's going to be part of the Predator slash Prey pack. Can you make the Predator noise? Uh, no. That's the best I can best I can do. Yeah, I, I can't do clicks. I can't. I can't do it. It's because your mouth's all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and you know, been anticipating this for a while. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, and it pissed me off because I thought this came out was going to come out last month, uh, but it didn't. And they haven't given like a firm release date yet, uh, which makes me think that they said, "Okay, well, we're going to have these characters, but they're not ready yet." Yeah. <laughs> um. But th- I think there w- there was an update file recently. Uh, which kind of gives you an indication that they're prepping the game to handle those new characters. Um, but yes, the Predator is going to be in the Prey, Predator, Predator Prey Pack, uh, released later this month, uh, as indicated by the Mortal Kombat creator, Ed Boon. He, he tweeted a picture of the uh, Predator, um, and it said uh, July. Like, in the picture, it said July. So, mm. theoretically, this sometime this month. Um it's going to feature the character skins for uh, Commando Johnny Cage, Infrared Scorpion. I'm not sure what that indicates. Um, and then the most exciting one is the character of Jax uh, is going to be Carl Weathers or Dylan from the Predator movie. Or Apollo Creed. Or Apollo Creed, sure. That's a different movie. And you put them all together and baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so that, that picture that Ed Boon tweeted was actually a, a battle, like a fight between Predator and Carl Weathers Jacks. Nice. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, Aeriscope has another new original show. They've started doing original programming on their website. Why don't they just do the one show that we want them to? Because uh, Adam Green's a dick. Uh, they've. They started out with Adam Green's Scary Sleepover, then they moved on to 20 Seconds to Live, and their new one is called Horrified. Horrified is hosted by Holliston's Corey English, and is about artists from all sides of the entertainment industry sharing their most horrifying personal stories in a new confessional-style series. 
From mortifying embarrassments to comical moments of humility to truly terrifying real-life encounters, Horrified is part comedy, part horror, and full-on therapy. The series premieres July 17th with new episodes posting every Friday through Halloween on Aeriscope.com. This is created by Adam Green and Sean Becker of The Guild. And that will premiere on July 17th. Fucking. <laughs> so are they going to, like, enact these things? Or just- I mean, from the trailer I saw, it looks like it's just kind of like a confessional, but I don't want to just sit there and watch people talk. Yeah, who gives a fuck? I hope they reenact it. We'll see. Uh, Anchor Bay is picking up the rights to Martyrs for theatrical and VOD release. This is the remake the of remake. Martyrs. Right. Um, I'm surprised. That, well, I guess there ha- still is no schedule for release yet. Uh, right. No release date yet. That's part of this yep. the whole thing. I should have read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's being produced by none other than Tommy Bloom. <laughs> Uh, My friends call me Blum. <laughs> Blummer. Come uh, on down to the Blum house. We'll have a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are going to start thinking, like, people that listen to the show are going to start thinking his name is actually Tommy I got Blum. silver bullets at Colt 45. <laughs> is it not? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I think it's Jason. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So... Exciting times. <laughs> Martyrs. Everyone's excited. Um, Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons are not excited about Kong Skull Island because they have left the project. Uh, Tom Hiddleston remains on. Uh, the reason that Keaton and Simmons left was due to scheduling conflicts. Maybe Beetlejuice too. Maybe. Uh, shooting is still expected to start this year with new actors filling those roles. Oh my god, I hope J.K. Simmons is in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. He has to be. Nobody else can play Jameson. Nobody else. Uh, yeah, you get this last one. You bastard. <laughs> Why'd you even put this on here? Why not? That's why it's in Remains. We don't Tyler Perry it. is having a horror game show <laughs> for some fucking reason. Uh, some fucking major cable network is looking for some fun, outgoing assholes of three. <laughs> Uh, for a new horror-themed game show. <sighs> Teams must love scary movies, thrillers, and haunted house attractions. Winners will receive $50,000. There's no title. It's called Tyler Perry's Medea's Horror Game Show. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, to and, submit... Okay, uh- I posted this exactly how it shows on the casting call. But I just copied and pasted. So it actually says, To submit, must email smcdowcasting at gmail.com ASAP with the following info. Your name and phone number. Who are you two teammates? Uh, <laughs> you gotta, I feel like you got to say it like Batman. Who are your teammates? Where's the trigger? <laughs> uh, photos of you and your teammates. Naked. Because they have to make sure you're attractive to be on TV. Yep. Got to make sure you're hanging dong. <laughs> uh, and the city of city is the city state. They say you all live in. Sorry, Tony. You have to live in California, so we can't do it. Sorry. I know you're disappointed. You really wanted to be on Tyler Perry's game show. If he was actually on it, I would want to be on it so I can go punch the him. Turkey slap him. 
Yes. Just imagine you win. You're just like, yeah, woo! And I slap him in the face with... Mudik! <laughs> Alright, that's all the horror business we got. God, what a shitty last story. <laughs> On that note... Uh, so, still no um, interview. Scheduling conflicts. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so we're, we're fucking lazy. <laughs> no, this is our fault this time. We didn't. We don't actually have any excuse. We we just fucked up. For the most part, we tried, but we tried yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Without further ado, let's move on to the reviews. Alright, what are we going to do first? Why do I always have to decide? That's your job. I didn't know this. Well, now you know. (laughs) Because if you don't know, now you know. What the hell are the movies? (laughs) (laughs) Man, we sound just so on the ball today. Um, we've even been drinking. Yeah, it's just hot. It's very hot. It's so hot. My brain is melting. <laughs> um, let's do. We are still here. satisfy the darkness. Every 30 years or so, the goddamn place just wakes up and it demands new blood. So we are still here is the story of Anne, played by genre legend Barbara Crampton. Jeez. I don't want to sound rude, but she's, like, old now. Yeah, she's, what, like, 56, I think? Probably somewhere in there, yeah. Um, Let's see, 56, exactly. Look at me go. It's just weird thinking of her as that fucking co-ed and reanimator, and now she's... 56? Yeah. But, yeah, she plays Anne, and her husband, Paul, played by Andrew Sensenig. Close enough. Um, <laughs> and they decide that they need to move after the death of their son, Bobby. Um, they decide to move to a rural New England town where there's snow. There's, there's a shitload of snow. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so they move into this new house and immediately they start having weird things go on in the house. And Anne is convinced that it's Bobby trying to communicate with them and that his spirit is still with them because she's having trouble letting go. Yeah. Like a mother. Uh, and then they, What are we waiting for? (laughs) They speak to their neighbors who tell them that the house they have moved into used to be a mortuary. And they explain that the people who lived there would sell the bodies to different people and only bury the caskets. They sell them to the goddamn Chinese is what they did. As for Chow Mein. Yes. That's what that's what he says. Uh, and then they, 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 they uh, was he an electrician? The guy that comes to the house? I think he's an electrician. Oh, uh, he's there to like look at the um, the water heater or something. Is that what it is? Or the furnace. Uh, the furnace guy. H- okay. HVAC. Well, he's down in the basement and he comes across these two beings who look like they're just completely charred. Their eyes are all white. And they, they grab him and they burn him. Burn them! Yeah. Yeah. Monty Python. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, what do you do with witches? Yeah. yeah. You done? <laughs> um, and then you come to find out that this house comes alive. So so speak. The house doesn't literally come to life. The front door isn't like a mouth that talks. It's not like Monster House. <laughs> right. <laughs> the upstairs windows don't blink. <laughs> but whatever is in the basement comes alive every 30 years and has... <laughs> Family guy with Peter turns house into a puppet. <laughs> hey! Hey! Nobody better come in here! <laughs> Bring me a tool shed! <laughs> for, for I am hungry. Um... God, I completely forgot where I was. <laughs> it's okay. This movie sucked. Oh. <laughs> there you go. There's your review. <laughs> um, the ho- whatever's in the basement comes alive every 30 years and kills whoever is in the house. And if it doesn't, then it spreads out into town and starts killing people. It just starts killing fools indiscriminately. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, I missed that part. <laughs> so did I. I only know this because I read it later. Ah. But, so, um, they've been there two weeks and haven't experienced anything yet, and they start going into town, and people are kind of giving them the side eye. They think it's just because they're, they're new in town. Right. We don't <laughs> like no town folk in here. I'm new in town. <laughs> but... <laughs> You, you come to find out... And I have AIDS. <laughs> you come to find out that they have AIDS. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't AIDS happen. AIDS funny. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> that. That didn't happen. They don't have AIDS. Probably. They never say they don't, so I don't know. <laughs> probably. 
Um, it's never clearly explained if they have AIDS or not. <laughs> <laughs> they don't delve into that. Yeah. I mean, they could. It's just not a plot point. Right. Um, but and I'm, I'm sorry if this is spoilers, but I'm going to say it anyway. So the, the townsfolk get paranoid that they haven't been killed yet so they go to the house and they decide they're just going to kill them themselves to appease the house and hope that that appeases the house and uh, then some shit goes down and the movie's over yep (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah I'm with Tony this movie's not very good this movie sucked oh god I wanted to turn it off so bad it got rave reviews. Really? It's a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. You'd be fucking kidding me. 92%. There was nothing to like about this movie. Well, audience, audience score is 60%. Yeah, that sounds more like it. Of course, that still seems high. Um, and I guess that makes sense with like critics, because critics have their own heads up their own asses. Yeah. Um, but, uh... IMDb 5.9... That's about a 60. Yeah. That's about right. Um, yeah, this movie... Like, the, the thing that got me about it is, like, when I am when I started watching it, I just... It felt like a ghost story. It felt like, you know, the original uh, Amityville or... Um, I don't know what, what else comes to mind in that vein, but, you know, just like... Poltergeist. A, sure, yeah. The original... The, the first two acts of the original Poltergeist. Um, but just, you know, a, a ghost story. A creepy, undertone, fear of the unknown kind of ghost story. Mm-hmm. And then these charred black monsters come out. I was really surprised that you actually saw them. I did not expect that you would ever see them throughout the movie based on the, the feeling from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So it felt like they couldn't really decide if they wanted to make a ghost story or a monster movie. Well, I mean... <clears throat> they never really presented them as monsters. Well, no, but I mean, you know, creature feature. Sure. I mean, they, they are ghosts, for lack of a better term, but. But they're also, like, corporeal. I mean, <clears throat> they are physically able to touch people. But only every 30 years is the impression I got. Yeah, that's the only time they come about, yes. Um, they're so... Th- this movie's so generic uh, and obvious. <laughs> uh, very... It was just it was poorly written. The plot sucked. It, it feels like a first draft. Yes. It feels like they wrote it and no one went over it and fixed things. Yeah. There's parts that don't make any sense. Like, like I said, there's parts that I I had to go back and read through the plot to go to figure out why that was happening. Yeah, I didn't even care that much. Um, like the part where the townspeople come into the house and start shooting people, I'm like, why are they doing this? I had no idea. <laughs> and not only that, like the guy who's leading them, he just kills other people for no apparent reason. Yeah. Like he goes to this bar and he knocks on the door and the girl opens the door and he shoots her in the face. Mm-hmm. So what the hell did he do that for? Yeah. Like just to prove that he's heartless, I guess, is the, the plot device of it. But I guess that just does not come across. It just, it just seems confusing. Like he's just this asshole. He's the murderer. But then he doesn't murder other people. It's just 
doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if if you watch this movie for some fucking reason, uh, and like you get a first impression of who the bad guy might be, you're probably right. <laughs> Just to let you know, um, there are no sh- surprises in this movie whatsoever. You know exactly what's going to happen at all times. Um, and yeah, like you said, it seemed like a first draft. It's almost like the writer took, um, like parts from his favorite movies and put them all, or his or her, I I guess I don't know exactly who wrote it, but, um, oh, it was written and directed by the same guy. Um, Ted Geoghegan. I think it's Geoghegan. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, it's almost like he took all like parts from his favorite movies and put them together, but they didn't fit together. Yeah, like it wasn't a cohesive plot or movie at all. Yeah, um, I mean, it definitely feels like a, a throwback. Like you said, it feels like there's all these homages. They're not officially homages, but I mean, like um, paying tribute to certain movies, certain genres. So it feels like that kind of has that 70s kind of feel well, to it. it does take place in 1979, apparently. Does it? That's what Wikipedia says. That went over my head. Did they say that in the movie? Not to my knowledge. Of course, I mean, there was a certain point where I wasn't paying attention anymore. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like, at parts it feels like a ghost story... At fart, at farts. It is a at fart. Farts, at farts. At parts, it feels like a creature feature. At parts, it feels like a, a B movie gore fest kind of thing. You know, I was supremely disappointed in the acting. I think above a lot of things, it seemed like these people, like. Like they hadn't even done like a table read or or, or a, a practice run through at all. It seemed like this was like the first time they were on set together, first time they were like running these lines against each other, and they just they didn't act like even uh, Barbara Crampton and the guy that played her husband. Um, it seemed like they were on a first date the entire movie. Yeah, like they um, did not it, seem like a kept couple that had been married for you know however many decades and you know had a, a son together. It seemed like they're strangers. Yeah, uh, Andrew Sensenig. Yep, that's the one. He he seemed like like a low budget movie actor. He, he yeah, it felt like he like he he wasn't bad per se, but he wasn't particularly good. Right. You know what? It made me think of like this might be something I'd see at like like a community theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, Larry Fessenden carries this movie because he's kind of funny. I I mean he's the best actor in the whole thing. Yeah. And the the possession scene that's far and away the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Like when that happened, I'm like, all right, maybe something's gonna start happening here. But no, uh, it's, I, I was wrong. Yeah, it's it's like a bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie does. It, it has that Ty West feel, where the first two acts are really slow. Yeah. Um, kind of mixed in with smatterings of events 
like the guy getting burned or the possession scene. And then the third act is just bang, 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 bang. Action, 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 action. Yeah. There was a lot of... In, in that third act, when all the shit's like finally hitting the fan, uh, there was this... You know, I never thought I'd say this, but it seemed like an inappropriate amount of gore. Yeah. There was a lot of blood... They're fucking like head explosions and shit. That's why shit. I said it was like B movie ish. Yeah, but it's like it's out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like what the fuck is this doing in this movie? Yeah, I mean, again, going back to the the feeling of a ghost story, you know, ghost stories don't have a lot of blood because it's all about the fear of the unknown, not yeah. just gore. And it's like the way that they do it too is it's like you'll see a person and then they'll get pulled into a closet or under a table and then just a big explosion of blood comes out. Yeah, um, but you like never really see anybody get well, there. There is like the part where I like, guess it's not really a head explosion; it's more like head getting crushed. Oh yeah, there that was, was that. That was pretty good. Like I was, I was actually surprised by the quality of the effects on that bit. Um, but it was nowhere near enough to like make the like save the movie or make it seem interesting. Um, and that was at the end too. Yeah. Like like literally in like five minutes before the credits ran, um, and the very very end of the movie, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I had, I had no idea what happened. I, I don't get it, and we could talk about it off mic, but I, it made absolutely zero sense to me. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those scenes that like just it cuts off. Yeah, and I, I fucking hate that. Like, not, like ninety five percent of the times it happens, I hate it. Um, yeah I'd I'd say what did you think of it but I think we've been pretty clear yeah Um, yeah I I went through and read reviews afterwards which I don't normally do I like to form my own opinion without listening to other people but I had I had to to find out what happened in the movie because I didn't know what was going on Mm -hmm. but a lot of the genre sites really like this movie and but but a lot of them do say it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, they can understand why people wouldn't like it. Well, I should hope so. So it's not like we're the weirdos here. <laughs> not, but, like, not like me with Babadook. Right. Um, but yeah, just... I mean, I'm trying to think of who this movie could be for. Because if, if you like ghost stories, you might like it. You know who this is for? This is for people that like uh, House of the Devil. Yeah, I can see that connection. Like movies that not really anything happens until the very end. So, I mean, Ty West movies. I mean, that's a, Yeah. If you like Ty West movies, which, uh, you know, there are a couple that I like. Um, and there are, you know, a good deal of people that do like Ty West. Yeah, I mean, this. if you like Ty West movies, you'll probably like this one. Uh, if you can get... I mean, that doesn't... Uh, compensate for the you know the bad acting the, the story that didn't make a lot of sense um yeah and it definitely felt like the story needed to be tightened up there were th- things missing like there could have been you know a few short scenes that would have explained something and it could have just brought everything together in a more cohesive way but it just feels like the way they did it there's things that 
aren't clearly explained and just takes you out of the movie because you don't really understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah, you know, movies like this when um, when the same guy has written and directed it, and it's just so shabby like this. It makes me. It puts a scenario in my head where the guy is probably like, "Oh no, it's perfect the way it is. It doesn't need to be changed." <laughs> like because he didn't have an objective opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, if if a director is directing something he didn't write, he has that objective opinion saying, "Well, no, this needs to be changed. Go back and fix it." Right. Or you know, to, you know, bring on a someone to rewrite it, or you know, touch it up a little bit, but. Clearly, that wasn't the case in this one. Yeah, this definitely feels like a first pass. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so I mean, anything else to say about this? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um. Well, I, I I didn't like much of anything about this. Like I said, the the effects that were there. I mean, as far as like on screen stuff, it was pretty minimal, but. The stuff that was there was pretty good uh but over the top like just blood blood everywhere and it's like why 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 do you need this uh shitty story not not i guess not necessarily bad acting just actors that didn't work well together mm-hmm. uh like on screen um all that together just it's it's a shit movie i mean i'm uh, <laughs> So, um, I think I'll give it a three. Yeah, like, the reason I put this on the list was because I was hearing good things about it. Um, but I it just fell flat for me. Um, just the, the kill scenes, for the most part, like I said, it's someone being dragged out of sight and then, like, someone popping a pimple <laughs> and just blood exploding. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's a that's a cool effect once, but it was every time. Yeah. Um, and the story just lost me because I had no idea what was going on at times. Um, you know, even now, I there's still things I don't understand about it. So I'm gonna match you. I'm gonna say three as well. Okay. All right. So the next movie that we have uh, was from 2014, I think. I think think so uh it's the voices hey jim give me a break oh, okay I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit you have the greatest hair tom in the back how are you doing jerry they like me at work do you want to get a drink as a girl i like her are you good with cats no the real question is are cats good with me because they pretty much own us <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Sometimes they talk to my pets, <laughs> and they sometimes talk to me, sometimes. I get that. You're out, your league. Shush. Yeah, shut up, cat. Do you ever hear a voice? Not really. Jerry. Hey, Fiona. In her eyes, you're a ridiculous peasant. Kill her, and you will discover what it feels like to be truly alive. <laughs> Don't run! Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Whiskers, he makes me do bad things. You totally stopped taking the pills, didn't you? Look what you did to me. I'm so sorry. Jerry, you're a serial killer. No, he isn't. 
You seem a million miles away. I got a lot going on right now. Pretty bad situation, buddy. Me out to that. She makes me want to scream. <laughs> complicated inside the human mind, huh? Oh, the best night of my whole life. What a fab cracking day to come back. You're so mysterious. It's cool. You remember last week when you said there is an invisible line that separates good from evil and you thought you'd cross it and I said, no, 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 you're a good boy? Yeah, I remember. So what? I've changed my opinion. All right, so the voices. Uh, like I says, 2014 movie. Um, stars Ryan Reynolds, Taylor's favorite. You know, you seem to think that I like can't stand Ryan Reynolds. There was a time when you couldn't. Okay, I cannot stand the remake of Amityville Horror. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's really it. I just I. I have a recollection of you just really loathing Ryan Reynolds. I think a lot of it has, was when he had the audacity to marry ScarJo. Well, yeah, that was pretty uncalled for. <laughs> like, that's just selfish. But, I mean, come on. That guy is, like, the poon commander. Well, yeah. It's like, hard like, to argue that. He's just like, and he gets the poon. Just points at a girl. And it's his. <laughs> That's how he does it. <laughs> Is that how it's done? Yep. That's how it's, that's how he does it. Um, yes. So stars Ryan Reynolds, uh, Gemma uh, Arturon, and Anna Kendrick. Um, it's a story about Jerry. Jerry. Uh, Jerry. Uh, not Jerry Butler. Um, but uh, Jerry, he's he he works at a. Um, well, I guess this says it's a bathtub factory. I got the impression it was like a like a fixtures company, but I guess all they ever were making were bathtubs. He works in the bathtub division, apparently. Yeah. Um, in shipping and receiving. Right. Uh, something that's not revealed right away is that Jerry is very mentally disturbed. Um, he has uh, hallucinations and... Uh, psychopathic tendencies. <laughs> um, and the name of the movie is derived from the fact that he hears his animals speak to him. Um, he has a dog named... Bosco. Thank you, Bosco. And a cat named Mr. Whiskers. Ryan Reynolds <coughs> voices both of the animals. Yeah, which when I saw the trailer, I didn't realize. Mm. I actually thought Bosco was Ron White. Yeah, I, I guess we could kind of hear that. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the voices are really hard to tell. Um, I mean, the Mr. Whiskers, he's Scottish for some reason. Yeah, he kind of sounds like Shrek. A little bit, but, uh, I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds doing a Scottish accent. It's not a particularly good Scottish accent. Yeah. Um, but it just it, it it sounds like somebody else doing a Scottish accent, and um, uh, Ro, uh, Bosco um, didn't sound like him at all. Yeah. Um, but there's one point where he's walking around just speaking in all three voices to himself. Yeah. And you actually see him speaking. Yeah, exactly. Um, so 
Jerry, he, uh, he he's a nice guy. Uh, I mean, he, he seems like a likable guy, maybe a little weird. Uh, his boss seems to like him. He's a hard worker. Um, and Anna Kendrick, who play God. Lisa. Thank you. Anna Kendrick, yes, she, she plays uh, Lisa. She works in accounting with uh, Gemma Arteron, who uh, f- stars as Fiona. Um, uh, Lisa seems to have, I don't know, kind of a crush on him. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really present itself that way r- right off the bat, I guess. Um, but uh, Jerry's just—he's got it. He's got it bad for uh, Fiona. Um, and through some happenings, uh, he ends up picking up um, Fiona as she's in the rain after she bailed on him from the dinner date that they were supposed to have. Shishan? Yeah, Shishan? <laughs> the name of this restaurant is the way he says it every time. He says it with an accent, like, yeah. a, like a Chinese this accent. This is my favorite restaurant. Shishan? <laughs> It's like this. Uh, it's like a, a, a dinner show. Yeah, with a Korean Elvis or something. Yeah, uh, a- Asian Elvis and a Bruce Lee ripoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were they supposed to be like impersonators or just? I, that's the impression that I got, but I don't know. Um, so yes, uh, Jerry he see, he sees a psychiatrist and he's prescribed antipsychotics. And they're supposed to kind of mute out those voices, um, but he doesn't take them. Right. <laughs> That's the thing about pills; and they you, don't work if you don't take them. Right. You kind of find out throughout the course of the movie that he doesn't take them because it, the world seems like a lonelier place when he takes them, which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's a real son of a bitch because cats are evil. <laughs> Um, and this ultimately <laughs> leads, like I said, uh, he picked up Fiona. She, she couldn't get her car started or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and he picks her up in the rain and he's driving her. They, she says that they should go get some frozen yogurt or ice cream or something and so they're on the way to do that and um, he hits a deer and he sees and hears the deer speaking to him as it's coming like it's heads through the windshield telling him to kill it yeah so he pulls out this fucking buck knife and slits its throat right in front of Fiona so she loses in the truck in the truck like all over all over the inside of his truck so he she loses her mind goes running through the woods and Jerry at this point is just very confused and disoriented um, and he goes chasing after her and he ends up killing Fiona not really a spoiler it's kind of it's, it's part of the story um, and so because Jerry doesn't take his pills he sees the world through these kind of rose colored glasses um, he doesn't see the disaster that his apartment is and the, the, the filth that he lives in. I mean, he lives above a bowling alley. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I guess <laughs> maybe if you're like 20 years old. <laughs> um, 
maybe fuck you. <laughs> uh, but his apartment is a disaster. I mean, like when when it's just him and he's with Bosco and Mister Whiskers. Uh, it seems like kind of an outdated old apartment, but when you see it through somebody else's eyes, there's pizza boxes from the floor to the ceiling and uh, like uh, aluminum tin TV dinners uh, stacked up high. And there's animal shit everywhere. Yeah. And after he brings Fiona's body back to his house or his apartment and uh, dissects her and puts her into little Tupperware containers um because he doesn't really see it or notice it, there is blood all over his apartment. Um, so, basically, it's the, the the course of the movie is Jerry kind of fighting with his uh, condition, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just trying to decipher between what's right and wrong. He tries to maintain a um, state of sanity and you know understanding that killing people is wrong all the while Mr. Whiskers kind of acting as his bad conscience the devil on his shoulder yes trying to convince him to kill someone else because uh, he says that you know as a cat that's like his only real rush in life that's when he feels most free and alive is when he's killing something which I believe that about a cat (laughs) Um, and then Fiona's head starts talking to him too. Yes, and she says she wants a friend. Right, and so with with just a, a tenuous grip on his sanity, he's trying to fight against these demons, essentially, or these internal demons. Um, but they're so they're they're obviously all within him. But these kind of internal demons, I think everybody has, they're personified through these different voices and right. different characters so uh, yeah I mean like I, I don't want to explain too much about the plot without you know starting to give away s- spoilers and mm-hmm. uh, basically telling you the entire movie um, so I guess maybe just leave it off there uh, what did you think uh, it was not what I expected how so I thought it was going to be more of a comedy I just expected it to okay. be a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, but it actually is pretty serious for the most part. Um, and it kind of, you know, delves into this sick and twisted person's psyche. Mm-hmm. And it, it shows them, you know, not just being evil, but just like battling, like you said, these in- internal demons. And it, it you know, I don't want to say it gives you insight, but it, you know, kind of makes you think. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it was much more straightforward than than I th- expected. I thought it was going to be more of a comedy. Yeah, uh, kind of same here. I thought it was definitely going to be more of a laugher. Um, I mean, not, that's not to say it wasn't. It didn't have funny parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian Reynolds, he's a he's a funny guy, and you know, the, the cat and dog they were pretty funny. Um, and just kind of situations that. Jerry got himself into and not really understanding it and not knowing how to handle it, that was kind of funny. Despite yeah, he's the also context. very socially awkward, yeah. in addition to being, you know, psychopathic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when he's. Shinchan? <laughs> uh When he's chasing after Fiona through the woods, he's really just trying to 
I mean, he's not stalking her. He's just trying to Did you get her to come back. Yeah, I mean, he's he's worried he's worried about her, uh, but he doesn't think to maybe leave the knife that he just slit the deer's throat with in the truck. Yeah. So he's coming, like he's running through the woods towards her with a knife in hand. Uh, so I mean, what's one supposed to think? Yeah. <laughs> and his his rationale between you know, like when he kills Fiona accidentally his only rationale is to really finish the job uh and cause he he trips and falls on her and puts the knife through her, through her belly and so she's just laying on the floor choking on blood uh and his like I said his only rational thought was to just finish it and yeah cause he asked her he's like are you in pain yeah she says yes so he yeah which puts her out of her misery, same like just like he did with the deer. Yeah, and his rationale behind that is actually kind of explained later on in the movie. You do get a surprising amount of backstory for Jerry, um, which I hadn't expected. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean he he's a serial killer by definition. He becomes one. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's hard to feel feel sorry for him to an extent. It's hard to feel sorry for him. No, no, no. I, I was, was going to say something else, but uh, you do feel sorry for him. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard not to, um, to to a certain extent because he uh, he knows not what he does. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah. Um, did you did you think Anna Kendrick's character was necessary? Not particularly. Okay, I mean, I, I feel like it's important in, in a movie like this to have some kind of love interest, but that was kind of covered in, in Fiona's character, and I didn't think it was necessary to have it another one. Although that it's kind of the same context in burying the ex, I guess. Yeah, and that you know there was one love interest that kind of backfired and then moved on to another one. So I guess maybe it wasn't that bad now that I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> I mean, I say that I don't know how necessary she was, but I'm trying to think of taking her out of the movie, and it takes away and it really does take away a lot. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I haven't really thought about it having not her not there. I was just thinking about how necessary it was that she was there, but not what it would be like if she wasn't, so. Right. Um, but, yeah, uh, but like, like you said, it was it was a lot darker than expected. I mean, especially, like, what the, you know, the, the marketing and the trailer would lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, especially towards the end, when things kind of start to unravel Culminate, a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> Starts to get kind of dark and... <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't really know what else to say. Um, the end was weird. It was. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> obviously, we don't want to give it away. Yeah. It's. I mean, even even out of context, it's still a little bit of a spoiler. Um, but it was kind of like. When it happened, I was just like, 
Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, it's just like where's where's this going? <laughs> yeah. And then the credits started rolling, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> um. But that that was just kind of par for the course in this movie. I think just kind of combining that the 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 really disturbing scenes with a little bit of like goofiness and, and humor. Yeah. Um it was weird seeing Ryan Reynolds as this really awkward person. Yeah. Cuz he's a poon commander. Exactly. He like he's he's a good-looking guy. And normally if someone is that socially awkward, they're kind of goofy, yeah. you know. They they're a little bit weird looking and they, you know, are anti-social. Like Taylor. Hey, fuck off. <laughs> I'm a good-looking dude. Come on. You can say it. It's okay. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, I got a Coen Brothers vibe from this. I could see that. Yeah, I didn't get that at the time, but I could see it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, while I was watching it, it didn't occur to me, but kind of thinking back to it after afterwards, um, yeah, definitely a Coen Brothers vibe. I kind of got, like same uh, kind of feeling especially that the last scene before the credits ran that seemed very like Big Lebowski to me yes um, <clears throat> yeah now that you mention it definitely and like kind of the dark humor very Fargo, Fargo yeah so yeah I mean I I would almost say I was mildly surprised that the Coen brothers weren't involved with this yeah um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to cut this re- review too short, but I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say. I guess. Um, it was shot really well. I thought. Yeah. Um. This movie was written by Michael R. Perry and directed by Marjane Satrapi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but. Well, all right. <clears throat> Um, She's Iranian. Oh. Interesting. But I, I... I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Because of that Ryan Reynolds. Huh? Because of that Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> no, because I thought it looked stupid. Oh. oh. But it Shows was... Shows what you know. Apparently. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Um... Yeah, I mean, like when I when I picked it, it looked like it could be good, but I didn't have any real strong hopes for it. But mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. I actually enjoyed it. Like when I sat down to watch it, I was like, "All right, here we go. Let's get this over with." Fucking Tony asshole, stupid <laughs> shit, picking dumb movies. <laughs> Says the guy who picked. We're still here. <laughs> hey, in my defense, it got good reviews. <laughs> um. Who picked Six Degrees of Hell, by the way? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, but no, actually, I even like while I was watching it, I was like, this is this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, uh, I found myself being like really engaged in it. I was just like, holy shit, what's going to happen? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked the the concept of the of, of the animals and, and, the, and the, the, the dead, well, the Severed heads, yeah. Um, speaking to him and kind of being his conscience and his decision makers, and 
um, him preferring to live in that world was an interesting spin. Yeah. Um, it's all, it's like, as opposed to where people would feel withdrawals after quitting a drug, he felt withdrawals on the drug. Yeah. It's, or, you know, seemed that way. Um, I like how, like, the, the one point where he does take the pills and he's, like, try, trying to get the cat to talk. And he's like, say something. Tell me to fuck myself. Yeah. <laughs> that cat was a real asshole. He really was. Just, like, everything. Immediately. Like, the first time you hear him talk, he's like, oh, fuck you, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck have you been? Where is my fucking food? <laughs> yeah, he's always asking for food. Yeah. Fat fuck. <laughs> fucking cat. Uh, Alright, so, I mean, unless you have anything else to say, uh, should we talk about a rating? Um, yeah. Sure. Why not? Alright. Yeah. Got nothing else to do. Um, you go first. Okay. Well, um... Yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and uh, I, the, the, the Cohen aspect of it was really uh, surprising and I think helped me enjoy it a little more because um, I am a fan of that style of f- filming. Um, and uh, yeah, it just the whole thing worked really well, I thought. I mean, there wasn't really any hang-ups or things that didn't make sense. I mean, obviously I'm comparing it <laughs> against the other shit movie we watched. Um, but uh, no, in general, I mean, like you got to think like movies like uh, like Psycho. You know, the, it's kind of that same element to it. And, you know, while obviously Psycho is a, a classic and uh, like beyond compare a little bit. You know, you you could kind of put this in that same world, I guess. Um, and I think it's just as enjoyable. I mean, and the the if you're not really a big um, like serial killer movie uh, f- fan, I think the comedy elements of it makes it really palatable to a much broader audience. So um, that being said, uh, I think I'll probably give it a. Seven. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, I did enjoy it more than I expected, and it's, you know, it's it's a serial killer movie, but it's not like a slasher, slice and dice, right? High body count. Um, but there there is a good deal of gore in it, and there's a good deal of viscera. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, you know, it doesn't shy away from those elements. Um, but. It is very psychological too, and it kind of you know puts you in the head of this sick person, mm-hmm. um, which I liked. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it a six and a half. You and your fucking halves. Just deal with it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. I don't know what your problem is with halves. <laughs> I like round numbers. Damn it. Um, you like round butts? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, that's gonna do it for us, I guess. Nope. 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 It's not. I, God damn it! One day I'll remember. Nope. We're gonna play pot, plot holes, <laughs> whether you like it or not. 
this is a game, well, this is a thing that we do where we take the plot of a horror movie, we take out a bunch of words, and Tony replaces them Mad Libs style. Yes, I do. So, Tony, I need an adjective. Uh, dick-nosed. And a plural noun. Peg-legged hookers. And another plural noun. Drag queens. An adjective. Artificially flavored. <laughs> That's good, I like that. <laughs> uh, past participle. Uh, were you going to explain that to the audience, to the kids? Yeah, since I had to explain it to you... <laughs> A past participle is basically a past tense verb that also would act as an adjective. So something like laminated. Uh, mine well, is... Most of the time they would end in ED, and if you took off the ED, then it would just be a verb. So there you go. Uh, mine is raw-dogged. So if, if you get nothing else from this episode, you've at least learned what a past participle is. Raw-dogged. Okay. <laughs> I need a <laughs> verb ending in S. Uh, diarrhea poops. Uh, and a plural noun? Old man at a nude beach. And a verb ending in S. Aren't there two more? Two more? Yes. Oh, are you... Okay, you said that like it was the last Sorry. one. Uh, crumps. <laughs> <laughs> and a verb. Uh, hit it from the back. Um... Okay. I'm going to. I already know how that's going to fit in. I'm going to have to reword it a little bit, but I'll make it work. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to point out that Tony has not heard this. He doesn't even know what the movie is yet. Nope. But I will tell you now that the movie is The People Under the Stairs. <laughs> Fool, an African American teen, breaks into the home of the dick nosed landlords who evicted <laughs> his family from a ghetto tenement. A fortune in gold peg-legged hookers is rumored to exist inside, but Fool discovers that the mansion is a chamber of horrors presided over by a pair of incestuous serial killer drag queens. <laughs> the artificially flavored couple has also tried to raise a succession of raw-dogged boys. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, each botched effort is handled the same way. The victim's eyes, ears, and tongues are removed, and he's sent to live in the sealed-off basement where a colony of similarly... Similar similarly deformed brothers diarrhea poops Fool, mm. <laughs> that's got a smell <laughs> fool is able to avoid the evil old man at a nude beach as he moves through the house's <laughs> maze of hidden passageways where did they come from how are they in the house all of a sudden he discovers that the occupants have a daughter alice who has survived their abuse so he crumps her and they, <laughs> attempt, <laughs> and they attempt to hit from the back the people under the stairs all right <laughs> Okay, and I hope that's, you enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it uh, for us on this episode. Episode 31. For, yeah, 31. Not 31. You, you said 30. 30, yeah. 40. Yeah, that's what I said. 40 I said something I... similar to that. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it. <laughs> What are we doing? I'm trying to pull this up. My uh, tablet decided it's going to install an update without asking me, so everything I had pulled up. It's way. almost like it's becoming self-aware. Self-aware. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, before we go, I want to remind you to go to audiblepodcast.com slash graveplotpodcast and get yourself a free audio book with a membership to Audible. 
Um, and uh, yeah. So I guess we'll uh, talk to you again in a couple weeks where we're going to be reviewing. <sighs> Come on. Put me on the spot here, man. This is always a thing. <laughs> Every time. You could have like told me earlier to pull up the calendar. Uh, the Stranger and Exeter. Hey, Marcus Nispel. Yes, also known as Black Mask, also called The Asylum. Yeah, depending it's on what country. got all the names. Yeah, depending on <laughs> what country you live in. Um, so, uh, join us again in a couple weeks uh, where we will talk about that and some more business and just make total asses out of ourselves again. So we do. Yep. Uh, Till then, then, join us at graveplotpodcast.com on Twitter at grave underscore plot. We're also on Facebook, uh, Google Plus, and Instagram under graveplotpodcast. Yes. And you can listen to us and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and tune in. All right. And with that, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. <laughs>